Welcome everyone to the Leadership Evolve podcast. Hope you're all doing well. I know we've been away for a few weeks, I think a month now. So sorry for the mini hiatus. I was actually in the process of uh, transitioning careers. And for the last few weeks, it's been understanding the new role, getting to know a great team, a great organization. Um, and it's just been so much fun. Um, that whole process, I'm, I'm learning so much. So unfortunately, haven't had the time to focus on this too much. But I recently had a conversation um, with a productivity expert. He is actually um, a coach that works with business leaders and entrepreneurs around the world um, into 10 timing. 10 times in their productivity, um, whether it's someone trying to make more money, whether they're trying to, you know, rather get the thing, right things done, um, or just have more free time to do what they want to do in terms of hobbies or be with their families uh, more or whatnot. Um, and he's a very uh, direct person in terms of uh, the strategies and tactics and the coaching he does is not so much uh, theoretical, but it's it's really action items that you can start doing tomorrow. For me, this came at a perfect time because during my transition, I want to make sure I level up my productivity. And, and to be honest with you guys, productivity and overall procrastination has been a big Achilles heel for me since grade school. So this episode quickly turns into this case study that you guys can utilize where you not only see them a coach and, and how he works with someone but it's a it's a real scenarios that i'm going through and he provides real tips and you guys will be able to hopefully take some of that uh and maybe apply it to yourself i think a lot more people than i'd like to believe are procrastinators um you know but i'm just so jealous of those people who have figured out the productivity and if you have uh then this episode maybe is not for you but if you are procrastinating at times or you just want to increase your productivity to have more free time overall and uh, he'll really teach you some things that you can get more done in a day than others are getting done in a week um, but yeah uh, overall great conversation uh, he's a great person um, so without further ado everyone please give it up for James Allen Listen, uh, you know, all you're about is productivity and then increasing uh, what you do during the day and just being more productive. And to be honest with you, it's something that I I personally struggle with and continue to struggle with. And uh, okay. what's interesting to me is with productivity, it's not a situation where I'm sitting back and saying, I don't want to be productive. And I think I speak for a lot of people when I say this. It's in theory, you everyone wants to be productive. No one says, I want to be a lazy piece of shit and sit down, right? But yeah. <laughs> in terms of what you want and, and knowing that you need to be more productive to be with family more and get your work done and, and get your hobbies out of the way. But yet there's a big gap, obviously, from what you want and getting it done. In your experience and all the coaching you've done and working with productivity, what's that X factor that is stopping people from I want to be productive and then ended up being a little bit of a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting with like being productive. Like you said, nobody wants to be like lazy, you know, like that. Yeah. Um, but people do a lot of things that actually they feel like they're being quote unquote productive and really just doing busy work. That's totally unnecessary. So it's, it's really dialing. Like I'll work with some people. There's one person I work with in Belgium and he has a job 
that he works and then he wants to make a transition into his own business. So we're working on the business on the side with the time that he does have. So in that time that he does have, he has to be very particular about what like specific roles am I doing? Mm. What tasks can I take that are actually going to move the needle? You know, so I think that's like a huge component for anyone that listens is distinguish what your, um, your MITs are. That's what I mean. I would say like choose three to five, you know, less is better. Mm. Really. If you can get more focus and like taking time to not do work, but be planning is so valuable mm. instead of just working all the time. Cause you have a limited amount of energy, you know, so whoever's listening right now, if you can, and even for you already, like you said, mm-hmm. like it's productivity, when you can get dialed down with what the three to five or so major tasks are, MIT is uh, most important tasks. Mm-hmm. So it's like the things that really move the, the needle for you. So like an example, if you're going to write a book, well, writing mm-hmm. the book is incredibly important, you know, uh, but a lot of people will spend so much time doing research and depending on like the project, it can call for that. But sometimes it doesn't really need to, you know, so it's it's kind mm-hmm. of like a personal thing. That's where like the coaching really comes in in hand with people is that I'm able to actually sit down with them, optimize the calendar for those most important tasks that they have with whatever time they do have, you know, like someone transitioning from a job into their own career uh, or starting their own business is different than someone who's already fully in their own business. They have a different amount of time that they can devote to different things, you know, but I think that's like the big thing that to sum it all up is focusing on what those major tasks are for whatever project you have and knowing specifically, like I want to achieve writing my book in example, right. And coming up with what are the three most important tasks that need to get done, uh, you know, and just mm-hmm. like a, uh, labeling those out, writing them down, however you want to do it, and then implementing that into your calendar and blocking out time and actually committing to it is the other challenge. Well, I'm a challenging case and I'll tell you why, because I actually schedule out my days the night before. And and while I'm writing it out, you know, I'm, I get detailed and I have a long 20 bullet points of my personal, my work, and, and this podcast too. I have three separate lists. I just keep it pretty simple in my notes. And the night of when I'm writing it, it's so energetic. I'm, I'm so excited about it. But when I wake up then and I look at it, it just seems like a tsunami. Um, and I, mm. you know, the night of when I thought about it, I, you know, I, I thought very carefully about it. For me, the challenge is I, I have no problems planning it out and then being able to distinguish what's important and, and what's not. But one of the things that I suffer with, and again, this just might be me, is the accountability aspect. And this has been amplified since remote work, right? At the end of the day, I'm sitting here in this room, right? It's nothing Mm -hmm. going on outside. It's sunny skies and quiet. I have my retiree neighbors walking around. And at the end of the day, if I skip one or if I'm taking my time or if I look at the list and and I I grab my phone out of it, no one's there to tell me anything, right? So it's so easy for me to fall into that trap and to stay Mm -hmm. accountable. Do you have any tips in terms of that accountability to keep yourself on pace with it and basically create replicate the presence of someone being over your shoulder, but they're not and, and make sure you can sure. get through your list after making it. Yeah. It's basically kind of like coaching yourself. Uh, two things. Number one is never have 20 bullet points on your list. <laughs> Just <laughs> simplify. Like seriously, yeah. it's what something I call the C method. Make your, the things that you do or when you help someone, if you have a service of some kind, make it simple, efficient, and effective. So that's C, S-E-E, simple, efficient, and effective. So always be thinking in terms of how can I simplify this? You know, with your list, you have 20 things. 
what are the three ones that are most important? And to, to help distinguish like um, what those tasks are is to look at your list and even get your pen ready with all the things you wrote down mm-hmm. and ask yourself, if this doesn't get done, what's going to happen? And if you say nothing, mm-hmm. you know, like nothing's yeah. really going to happen if I don't do that. Cross it off the list. You know, so you want to distinguish what those MITs are, the most important tasks for you and whatever your project is. Obviously, you have to have clarity as to what that project is. But when you distinguish those MITs, like everything else either gets automated, delegated, Mm -hmm. or eliminated. Automate, delegate, or eliminate those other tasks. Because some of them are important, you know, like there's some things you need to do with whatever it is you're doing that still need to get done. But that's where automations can come. There's so many different types of automations. Like a great one that's so simple is a calendar link. You know, like before that, then you're bouncing around doing emails of, oh, can you do this? I always just say, just Mm -hmm. do my link because those times I'm available and you can automate all that stuff. It automates like text reminders. You can customize a message. Like so many things it takes a load off so that you get to focus more of your energy on those specific tasks. Um, So that's just one thing that I wanted to share. But in terms of like really being motivated when it's a nice sunny day outside, you got other things, you know, um, limited amount of time. It's really if I could distinguish it, the, like the real performers compared to people that don't really perform as well is that they know ex- like clearly what the purpose of doing it is. Right. You know, if you, if you had a job, for example, and two people are going for a promotion and one of them's just like, I don't really care that much. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like, Oh, it'd be cool to kind of do it. But then the other person's like, I want it because, you know, maybe there's some glory that they get to experience or they want that pay raise because that's going to allow them to, you know, move up to an even higher level or spend more time with their family, like whatever it is, they have more of like a purpose inside of it. I think that's a huge thing because there's days where, you know, sometimes I don't want to work being an entrepreneur. It took me a while to get used to that too. Cause I went from construction mm-hmm. doing a nine to five into being an entrepreneur. And it's like, I got to set my own hours. I got to show up and do this thing and uh, create my own work basically. And it took like a while to like, figure out a system that works for me. And uh, what remind what I kind of do is just remind myself, like, I just say really like, because this, you know, because Mm -hmm. my future kids, that's a huge motivator for me, because I don't have kids right now. But down the road, I'd love to have kids, you know, or at least a kid, you know, and uh, my parents and family life was just crazy. It was chaotic. So that's a huge motivator for me. And this is like the whole finding your why and putting that thing up on your, um, like your computer or on your fridge or your wherever your bathroom is, like you brush mm-hmm. your teeth or doing all of them, you know, but putting the reason that you're doing it up there and reminding yourself of that reason or who you're helping or the purpose, the benefit that you're going to get by continuing down this path, even if you're, you know, your progress is taking a lot longer than you thought. Like that's a huge thing mm-hmm. that I feel not enough people do is like, you have to remind yourself as to why it is so crucially important for you. And when you do, like every time I think about, oh yeah, I'm doing it because of these reasons, which are my reasons Mm -hmm. for like family, for setting them up for success down the road and stuff. And like, you know, traveling to different places, it's kind of weird with COVID and whatnot, but there's like different ideas and dreams that you have. And you remind yourself of that and that life and that dream that you have. And it makes it a lot more um, fun to do the work, I would say. Yeah, uh, you're spot on with the reminders. And I think it's always something that's underestimated. Uh, you know, I have my why and and even some of my planning that I do, it's it's done in my head. But the impact that it makes when I actually write it down in contrast to when I don't makes such a big difference. And yeah, you're reminding me to make more reminders basically on uh, just going back to why you're doing this, 
you know, and, and one of the things I'm going to start doing tomorrow is writing out next to those bullet points, you know, if I don't do this, what happens? And I think that's going to make a big difference. Um, instead of it looking really at does, yeah. big massive block. Um, you mentioned a few things there before I go any more forward, because I'm just so interested in, in productivity okay. for personal selfish reasons. I want to back up a little bit. You mentioned <laughs> a little bit of construction. You, you mentioned uh, uh, kind of your chaotic um, family growing up, but I want to just kind of get a deep dive into that, into your story and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Uh, so I'll keep it fairly short. Basically, I grew up in a very like chaotic family. It was a lot of alcohol abuse, drug abuse, physical violence that I had to witness in my sister. And it was the worst of it when I was five to eight years old. So our brains are like in a very like spongy kind of state, basically, for lack of a better term. But you're soaking in all this information from everything that's happening around you from the time you're born till you're seven years old. And your brain doesn't fully develop until you're about 25, apparently. Mm -hmm. uh, but those first seven years are crazy incredibly crucial. And my first seven years were just filled with alcohol abuse, drug abuse, physical violence, all this craziness. And uh, my parents had almost killed each other multiple times. My, my dad almost like beat my mom to death, you know, and just it was crazy. Wow. And then my mom and almost she did shoot my dad, you know, it was just wow. it was madness. It was out of it was out of self defense, really, because right, she started right. carrying a, a gun. And um, yeah, luckily, no one died out of the craziness. Mm -hmm. It's just wild. But I was eight years old when all that when the gunshot really happened. And then that just like completely like separated the whole family. Uh, my mom ended up going to jail for 14 months, it would have been 14 years. But my dad actually mm -hmm. insisted on 14 months because he didn't want her mm -hmm. to be far away from the kids for that long. And right. it would have been crazy if that happened because she's been a huge staple uh, in my life. You know, she was mm -hmm. more into like personal development and more of like a hippie style person, like, oh, like peace and love kind of deal. And uh, my dad was a lot more like strong minded, very like direct masculine energy, I would say. Um, so anyway, that really kind of put me in a state of a lot of depression, a lot of anger, um, frustration, just like insecurity mm -hmm. a lot throughout my you know school, school years, basically. And then when I got into football, which I did in my senior year, I was too busy, like smoking right. weed back in the day mm -hmm. uh, in uh, like high school. So I started doing football actually and football kind of opened me up to like this idea of personal development. It, it was just like, kind of like the motivational talks that they would do. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like it gets me pumped up. And then, uh, I really wanted to be confident at the time. So my mom introduced me when I was 17 years old to a book called the four agreements. And if you haven't read that book, I highly recommend you do it. But that book really changed my life. It opened me up to the world of personal development. And then I ended up following my dad's footsteps in construction work, did that for about four years. And about a year in, I was like, dude, I'm just not happy here. I'm burnt out. And mm -hmm. it really inspired me about the whole idea of performance and productivity, because if you didn't perform on the job site and you weren't productive and did a good job and built great relationships and whatnot, then when work got slow, which it did, you would not have the job. Other people would get to keep mm -hmm. the job. And that's what my dad always taught me because he was able to always have work, even in like a recession, mm -hmm. whatever happened, he was always there, always able to show up and have work and provide for the family. The thing was that I was just burnt out. And I was like, I want to find a job that I actually enjoy. And I got into coaching and down the road over time, I kind of found my niche of performance and productivity as being more of my thing. But uh, that's pretty much the story of everything that wow. happened, how I got here. A couple of questions. One, where did you grow up at? Uh, I grew up in uh, Pengrove. I still live around this area, but uh, oh, okay. it's about an okay. hour north of San Francisco. I, I love the oh, Bay got you. area. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. We're, we're in the same state. Um, one thing I'm, I'm just curious, when you were growing up uh, as a kid and going through school, were you aware that your frustrations 
and the depression and maybe acting out and smoking and whatnot. Did you know that it was because of the traumas that you went through? I'm just curious in that term, in terms of your awareness at that age. Well, yeah, the thing was that like, once I read the four agreements, I really started practicing oh, okay. consciously mm -hmm. awareness. And because the book is about awareness, you know, you have to be aware when you're taking things personally, which is the second agreement. So you can stop taking them personally or when you're making assumptions, when you're gossiping about people, all these things. So I didn't really start living an aware life up until then. I personally, like there's people who've gone through what I've gone through. Not to say like I've gone through worse than everybody or better than anybody. But there's people who hadn't been through as difficult of a life as I had with my family. And then they ended up going down the path of doing like heroin or doing these like crazy drugs, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, the worst I did was like smoke weed and drink, you know, I, yeah. I never got, because I, there was a part inside of me was like, I know what happens if I get too carried away. I stay away from like cocaine and other things, even though I knew people that did it. Um, but it's just like, I still did it. Cause I'm like experimenting with life, you know, right, but I never right. had that like addictive kind of like personality towards drugs and alcohol and whatnot. I, getting hung over sucked, you know? So it sucks. Yeah. It's yeah. Being sober is way cooler than, uh, than being hung over. <laughs> I still like drink, you know, yeah. but it's not like, I just, I don't care. I'm not really like attached to it because I know what happens right. when people get too far down the rabbit hole but it's an interesting thing how some people go through like the same exact situation and then they can go completely polar opposite directions you know well that's what i'm that's what i'm thinking to myself is is i've seen people you as you mentioned that didn't have a hard life and they went down the wrong path I and mean, some of the things you've gone yeah. through are, are unimaginable to me and i'm sure a lot of people but do you elude all of that you said there's a part in me that didn't let me go down that rabbit hole and go really, you know, go really dark. What do you allude that to? Was it the four agreements or, but before that, was there, what was that inside you that kept you in it, man? Because that, that shit was traumatic to say the least. Yeah. So actually there's two, there's two things that come to mind. I, I actually appreciate you telling me this. Cause like, I've always just kind of been like, yeah, I don't really know what happens instead of actually diving into it. But, uh, number one is my mom. I think that, you know, if times were different and my dad was like, no, screw her, like have her go into jail for 14 years rather than 14 mm -hmm. months, then that would have been, I don't know who I would have been. Cause I, I would never would have gotten introduced to the four agreements most likely you know, most likely wow. I wouldn't because my mom has always been very into like, uh, personal development. Also, I grew up when she got out of jail, basically in 14 months, she picked me up and then went to, I started living with her basically. Mm -hmm. And then I was with her going to like AA, AA meetings and NA meetings. And truthfully, mm -hmm. that I think was a huge component to my like personal development, I guess, even earlier mm -hmm. than the four agreements. The four agreements is like when I got serious about like, I'm ready to do right. this because I can see how this is going to help me. It's like, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher appears kind of deal. Mm -hmm. But I think being around people in uh, AAA and NA, Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous, like that really yeah. opened my eyes to like, wow, these people are actually working on themselves and hearing people's challenges of like how they got into a bunch of like methamphetamine and like how they took alcohol to a whole nother level and all this crazy stuff. Yeah. I'm like, wow, like uh, there's no way I will ever get there. And you know, I hear those things and I'm like, I would never be able to like go down like that far yeah. down the rabbit hole. So I think that was a huge component. And then also there's a great program called mentor me that I mm -hmm. started going to. I think I was like the first kid or one of the first kids to be in it. Now mm -hmm. it's this huge organization, but basically you get assigned a mentor if you go through mm -hmm. like challenging life circumstances and it's kind of like a counselor, but we would just go have fun and she'd take me to different parks and 
you know, get me lunch and stuff. And we just hang out and we kind of talk about stuff, but it was, it wasn't so like strict about, Oh, we're going to talk about your parents. It was much more like fluid, just kind of like, let's have some fun here and there. We'll kind of talk about it, kind of work through some stuff. And I think those two things were probably the biggest piece for me that I got exposed to at a very early age. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, man. I know you're making it sound uh, easier uh, than, you know, than I can imagine because going through something like that, I'm grateful that I had a family, the situation that I had, but kudos to you, man, for, for not going down that yeah. rabbit hole, staying in it and, and above that, even thriving, you know, that's huge. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, in, you mentioned that productivity is something a little bit sourced from football. By the way, I'm curious, what, what position did you play in football? Yeah, they threw me as a um, as a lineman. I was defensive lineman, lineman. majority. Are you even yeah, big? I was, How tall I'm, are you? I'm six <laughs> two. I'm really not like that big. I'm like like I'm I'm a stocky dude, but yeah, they gave me these pads that were atrociously massive. And then the last game, I remember one of the kids got super mad at the coaches, and him and I were kind of friends. And he's like, "Hey, do you want to use my pads? Because I'm not going to use them anymore." And they like fit me so well because he was a linebacker. I really should have been a linebacker. I would have done well as a linebacker. I just didn't know the game well enough. So we're like, "Oh, just throw him as a lineman. He'll get hit." Um, so that was pretty it. much what the position I played. Yeah. If I had gotten in like a freshman, you know, and went through mm-hmm. all four years, I definitely would have been a linebacker. I guarantee it. But I just didn't all know right, the game well right. enough. So, yeah, yeah, I hear you. No, going into a senior year, that's not easy either. Especially since a lot of people have been there. Yeah, straight on to varsity. <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> you live the life. Yeah. I love it. I played basketball, yeah. I, I, but I started, I went through the ranks. And uh, I remember anyone who was even trying out as a walk-on at senior year, I, we, were, we were all hating on them because we're like, you didn't go through the hell yeah. we did for four years. <laughs> but right, that's yeah. funny. You don't understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Um, so fast forwarding now to your coaching career, I, I'm just curious in terms of, you know, there's a lot of different directions you can go in, in coaching and there's so many different things you can do with it. What got you stuck on, on productivity? And when did you find out that, you know, this is something that I know that I can help people with, you know, just being uh, productive? Yeah, I think like uh, for a coach in particular, what it's such a relationship business. So knowing someone's story and their background is really huge and it helps you connect with the person. So if there's a coach listening right now and maybe you're struggling with like, what kind of is my niche? Uh, mm-hmm. I heard that like the typical coach or the average coach changes their niche about five times. And I found that to be true. Wow. It took me a while, mm-hmm. uh, but you keep trying these different things. Like I started as like a general life coach, but I didn't want to be a generalist. I want to be more specific and help people mm-hmm. in careers and businesses and whatnot. And everybody's got to work and people are natural procrastinators. So it just works, you know, with productivity. Yeah. Also, I look at my background. I have a friend who was in uh, tech. He actually worked for Apple and then he got into coaching mm-hmm. and he's like, I want to kind of fine tune like my message kind of separate me from people. And now he has this thing called inner tech, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. And he basically just helps people like r- ambitious I think his tagline is like helping or saving the world's most ambitious people from themselves. And it's like inner tech. So it's a cool thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's like looking back on my background. My background was like in construction work. And we, like I said mm-hmm. earlier, we had to be efficient. We had to be, you know, um, be able to produce. You had to perform at a good level. If you didn't take care of your health, then showing up to work sucked, you know, and then you couldn't perform. And it was all about like status, really. Uh, which Mm -hmm. kind of a thing that just kind of pushed me away from it. Also, I just, it just felt so familiar with what I grew up with. I think that was kind of a turnoff for me. Also, I was just beating myself to the ground. 
Um, but you had to perform at a high level if you wanted to like keep working. And my dad was just always there kind of coaching me through construction stuff as well. Cause he did very well. He had made a name for himself and I had to make my name for myself. So there's so many like similarities from like just developing a mindset of efficiency, uh, in construction work, looking back, planning things and all the kind of different little things that came from construction. I feel really supported me in, um, you know, helping people be more productive and be more strategic just when it comes to their business and their uh, calendar and their schedule and things like that. The type of people you work with, is it majority uh, leaders, you know, students? Because procrastination is, God, it's it's world. I mean, it, I don't think there's a limit as far as who it affects, right? From being a no. student <laughs> all the way up to me being not, at this age, I've been a procrastinator my whole life. I'm a professional. So, you know, who, who do your demographics make up? And is there differences in the way you coach a, a leader or someone, an individual performer and et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, mostly working with entrepreneurs and like busy professionals. So real estate I've worked with, I've worked with uh, vice presidents of insurance companies, you know, uh, I work with this one guy in Belgium, he's a coach himself. Mm-hmm. So there's a wide range of people and it's just helping people. Like, I, I don't want to just like give people a, a course per se. Like I'm actually in the works of creating yeah. a course more for productivity, just kind of support mm-hmm. people. And then I can sell it on the side as well. Um, but everybody's got to work. And yeah. like, I think I saw a statistic that said 20% of the US, of US citizens, probably worldwide really, are 20% are chronic procrastinators. I mean, that they're like terrible and keep pushing things off, you know? And um, and then when they feel that they are working, they're just doing like the, the quote unquote busy work of just Damn. kind of looking at emails when you don't really need to. It's asking yourself that question again, like if I don't do it, what's going to happen? You know, yeah. if you have a reason, you're like, well, shoot, then this thing's going to happen and it makes sense. Then obviously you have to take care of that. Um, so yeah, it's pretty wide range of people, but mostly entrepreneurs, busy professionals is who I work with. If someone's feeling like very overwhelmed, overworked, then it's great Mm -hmm. to just have a conversation with me or some other productivity coach as well. You know, Mm -hmm. um, that's a great time to kind of look for it. And you take a custom approach as a case by case, you take, you take it differently, or is there a few fundamentals that are right there that you try to teach people, you know, regardless of their story? Yeah. So kind of like in the beginning of, you know, it doesn't matter what you want to accomplish. Like it's, it's planning, it's coming up with a strategy and then calendaring that in and making time for it. One of the biggest, I mean, challenges that people have is like you said, like you make the schedule, but then abiding by the schedule is where things get a little squirrely. Mm -hmm. One of the best words that will free up more time and give you more power in the world than anything is the word no. No. If people are like, hey, can you like come and do this thing for me? And you're like, no, because you on your schedule, you scheduled, I, I committed like the next two hours or hour mm-hmm. to just doing my, my business, to starting to build my business or come up with a website or I don't know what, whatever it is, whatever that important task for you is. Um, but people say, yes, I'll go do this. And then they pull themselves in different directions, which also is kind of a form of procrastination because they're saying like, yes, to kind mm-hmm. of go away from it and get distracted from something rather than staying important on whatever those important tasks are. The, and the other piece is just like the busy work. It doesn't matter uh, what industry you're in. Coming up with those MITs, those most important tasks for you, mm-hmm. is go, it's, you just have to kind of like, it's case by case basis of figuring out what that is for you. But like, if you are really curious and you're like, maybe you're in real estate, I have no idea what the heck that is for me. Uh, 
find people in kind of your group. Maybe you have some kind of community or some mm-hmm. sort. Find the people who are the A players and kind of pick their brain. Maybe you can do an interview or something. Maybe you have a podcast or just start one for a weekend. <laughs> you know, if you're like, I really yeah. don't want to do a podcast, but then you can interview people. That's a great thing about a podcast. Like I get to interview awesome people. So mm-hmm. figuring out what those most important tasks are, I think no matter what the industry is, that that's huge, you know, and just saying no to the other things or automating, delegating, eliminating. And you're like, this is the work that I do, you know? Yeah. And I think the, the the more technology advances, like, and I'm talking about our phones to be specific, it's like, it's made it so much harder for me personally, because I'll have a, you know, a time set out. I I do sales uh, during the day. So I'll have, you know, I'll put an Mm. hour on the side where I'm going to make my calls and I'm all set up to do it. Right. I'm not trying to do anything, but this, piece of shit <laughs> uh, uh it's cell phone. Even right? if i have it even if i have it off even if i have it in the other room it's like if i hear a buzz or or something happens it's like this innate need for me to go check it right and even if i'm yeah. not checking it it's just there in the back of my mind and i think like man if i grew up in in the 60s it would be so much easier for me to ignore the world because the world can't reach me if i'm sitting in my room blocked off and you know my phone even if i take it out of the power you know no one can literally reach me at all so that's one thing that i think it's become harder is with the phones and then add on top of that you know for me personally office work what really made it easier for me to stay on task was you're seeing other people right and it's just an office you're seeing other people work and if you're any you have any kind of competitiveness in you, you see it and you're like, oh, you know, this person's working. I'm going to feel guilty even pulling out my phone. And I used to, right? I used to, you know, barely right. take it out and make sure to put it back in because people don't think that I'm being lazy. But again, being here in office, no no one's going to tell me I'm looking at my phone. No, I have no yeah. one, you know, I have no one to look at as well. So that's, I'm kind of uh, thinking out loud here, <laughs> making this podcast. Yeah, no, 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 it's cool. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's cool because I like that you do this. It's you, I've never done a podcast where someone like openly thinks about this is what I'm kind of going through, taking advantage of the coaching yeah. kind of, but it's cool because you're not the only one. Something you said is like, and it's huge right now with COVID is um, I just talked actually with a company um, and it's NASP. I don't know if you're familiar, but anyway, NASP, they're sales. A sales company, some biggest sales okay. association. But anyway, um, that's one of the things that we were talking about because I'm going to be doing a workshop, doing some blog posts and like podcasts and things worth with mm-hmm. that association. And he was saying like, that's a huge challenge that we have right now is that people are so used to being in the office where they kind of have like the manager down their neck or they got competitors with like their friends, you know, like who's going to make more calls, mm-hmm. who's going to like close more deals, etc. And then they get home and now it's like this whole digital world of COVID where everyone's working at home and people who have that nine to five mindset. Now, if you go into the entrepreneurial mindset, and I know from experience how difficult that was in the beginning, it took me like six months to be like, mm-hmm. okay, I need to come up with something like, cause I was just kind of, it, it was bad, you know, cause it took me yeah. a lot of wiring and reprogramming. So you have to come up with kind of like uh, guidelines for yourself and even use your phone, like use it as an opportunity to be a reward. Like you can literally get a box mm-hmm. Or something? Do you live? Uh, you have like a girlfriend or a family member or someone yeah. else who lives, mm-hmm. or is it just you? I yeah, live so with whoever my it is. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Tell like get a key. Literally mm-hmm. lock your phone into a different room in a little box and give her the key and be like, "Don't give me this until I get my work done." Like yeah. something as simple as that. And you I got to do that. I, mean, I really do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and putting it on even while it's in there to prevent it from buzzing, like put it on airplane mode. Before we went on here, I put my phone on airplane mode because that's a huge thing is like blocking out time. 
Uh, if you only have an hour to work on your business on the side or your side hustle that you ultimately want to have be your business, all you have is an hour or two, you got to make the most of that time. So that's why understanding those MITs for you, if it's making phone calls for sales, which it is, that's a huge MIT yeah. is like no sale. You're, you're like, technically you're really getting paid uh, when you're actually on the phone. That's when you're actually like, quote unquote, working yeah. everything else. You're not like really working. You're, but when you're closing deals, that's when you're getting paid. and that's why we do but it because we want to get paid. I'm so bad, man. Because so so I have my I'll have my phone on uh, silent, right? And I'm doing good, right? I'm doing good in the day. I'm getting some of my few bullet points out of the way, and then it comes up to the calls. Well, here's the issue. What do you what do I use to make the the calls? I use this. Okay, it's fine, Artie. Oh, is that the, the only phone, phone you have? Just dial. Yeah, so I you know dial the number, and that's fine. I you know I'll get through two or three. Dial the number, but it's not about people think your phone. You think it's about just communicating with people. But we live in a world where it's like Instagram, and I'm a big sports guy. ESPN app, the Bleacher Report, Twitter, and it's all just staring at me. All it takes is after one call, especially if it goes good. That's the thing. If it's a good call, I feel great. Ah, all right, let's go on Twitter on this one. And I swear to God, it's like 20 minutes later. And I'm like, crap, mm. I could have literally finished my calls, but now I'm, I'm behind now. And it's, it's something I struggle yeah. with. I know a lot of people are not as bad as me. Uh, and I really hope whoever's listening to this, someone is, <laughs> is being able to relate to me. But I have a really, really big problem uh, okay. with the phone so, okay. even so, if I'm trying not to. Right. So you're, you're making calls. You have the one phone. You don't have a separate like work phone or second phone. Okay, no. cool. So you can obviously go inside and like switch off specific notifications like banner. I think people yes. should just do that anyway. Like I don't, Yeah, the banner I talk adds. to a lot of people on messenger on Facebook mm -hmm. and on Facebook in general, I do like business on Facebook and I don't have, I used to have the banners coming down, but I was getting messages all the time. I have 20 conversations going at a time, you know, yeah. which sounds crazy, but, um, I'll have like all these different conversations going on. So I turned off notifications. I turn off my notifications on different things that are coming through, you know? So that's a huge thing, but it does come down to self-discipline. Having structure makes discipline so much easier. Yeah. If you say yeah. I'm making X amount of calls today, then you do have to have like an awareness piece where it comes up because you're always gonna have that bug of like, oh, especially if you do a, like a good call or you close a deal, you're like, shoot, I just made some money. I had a good mm -hmm. call, you know, whatever it is like, oh, I could just sit back. It's like, that's the kind of mindset that's going to prevent you from moving forward. If you have an, an hour to make those calls and you on the first call closed a deal, well, you still have 45 minutes or whatever time left, you know, where you can still be making calls. Yeah. So for I you, I'm curious because I could tell you this stuff all the time, but for you in your situation, mm -hmm. what would you do? Like what comes to your mind that would help you actually stay disciplined get your calls in and not get distracted. For me, I, I always think I'm just, I got to suck it up. I think I'm just weak in the moments where I could, I could say no, you know, you, you nailed it earlier where you said you got to say no to it. For me, like, you know, I'll just give you the most recent example right now. The, the Euros tournament is going on and all these games are at nine, eight, six AM, 9 AM at noon. And me and my friends are big, big sport junkies. So you know, mm. even if I'm focused on the work, I feel like I'm missing out, right? I'm like, oh, I can mm. see the messages well, well, going yeah. up. I can see the games going crazy. I can make a FanDuel lineup, you name it. Um, and I, I, you know, I just, I got to just say no. I got to say no to myself in those moments. And I think I can make it super complex and, and we can dissect this in a million ways. But I think really if, if I had to coach myself in this moment, it just, 
just do it. Keep your phone on silent. You know, don't touch it. And the thing is, what's frustrating for me is I've done it before, right? There, I can pick out days here and there where I can tell you, James, I, I nailed it. You know, I didn't use my phone till I had a rule for a while that don't touch your phone uh, until until lunchtime. And it works, right? And that's the most frustrating thing is it works. I get literally 85% of my work done. I'm an early riser too. So I get my work done from 7 to 12, almost done with the whole day. And it's beautiful. Awesome. I get to use my phone on lunch, wrap up a few things, the one and two, and I'm usually done at two ish or three. But then the next day, instead of me saying, oh, look, that worked already, replicate it. I say, oh, you know what, already you got a lot done yesterday. Sit back. It's okay. You know, if you want to use your phone right. today, it's fine. And that's just maybe that's just me. But that's one of the biggest that's, culprits, that's some, you know. And that's this again ties into what we talked about earlier about knowing the purpose. You know, if your goal is like with your girlfriend, you guys have a goal, you have a dream that I'm sure you two talk about of like, oh, this is kind of house we want to live in. Uh, this is kind of like area that we'd like to live, the kind of lifestyle mm -hmm. we'd like to have, being able to travel here whenever I can do kind of my phone calls, etc. Like put that stuff up and even put up a reminder, like it's, buy some real estate on your wall. Your walls are pretty blank behind you. I can see it. Yeah. So you can put up whatever you want on there, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you can put up like say no to the phone or ideas like that. Just reminders mm -hmm. that remind you to like stay focused because again, it's a discipline. Like when I first, I used to listen to music all the time in my car and mm -hmm. I realized that the more I learned, the more I earned. So I wanted to keep learning about things mm -hmm. and learning became a lot more fun with me. But in the beginning, I had such a habit. And this is a thing where I'll work with people for like six months to a year, nothing less than that because we build habits and strategies and, um, excuse me, uh, we want to build Jeez, wow, I just had a blank. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <that's> okay. Strategies, <laughs> yeah, habits, uh, six months to a year. Yeah. The biggest thing, yeah, and creating a schedule because I want to be able, I want to just like hand them off to be like, you can handle this, but ideally have them mm -hmm. have such a good time and enjoy working with me. They want to continue working with me. Um, but setting up those reminders is so big. And when I was in the car, I would just have to remind myself and just like that awareness piece of like that pull back to the familiar is such a real thing. So it's a pull back to, oh, I just want to play music, but I keep listening to the same songs. It's like the same lyrics, same message, you know, and, uh, or something new or whatever, but it's, it's just listening to the music rather than I, I could be spending that time learning something. I could be learning about productivity tips or hacks or, how someone increases their performance. Like that's where I kind of focus my energy and efforts. So in terms of that too, if someone has a similar struggle, I talked with someone, he was like, yeah, I do. I used to do the same thing, but now I don't reward myself with music until I listen to at least one podcast episode or one chapter mm -hmm. on audible, you know, and kind of setting these like rules and standards with yourself and then abiding by them. Uh, Bob yeah. Proctor said discipline is giving yourself a command and then following it. And Abraham Lincoln has one of my favorite quotes on discipline, where he said that discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Mm. And I would even stick that up on the wall. You know, it's yeah. between what you want now and what you want most. So for you, Artie, what you want now is to go chill with your friends, talk for a bit, you know, and talk about sports, yeah. watch the games, etc. Mm -hmm. Hang out on, you know, Facebook or Instagram or whatever. That's what you want now. But what you want right. most is the dreams that you talk about with your girlfriend. It's the adventures yeah. that you get to have or for your future family. And that's where doing the mm -hmm. work is going to help you actually perform better because you're like, I'm pumped. Like, I know exactly what I want, why I'm doing this. And at the same time, you want to get your work knocked out. Like you said, you can be done by 12. 
you know, yeah, and then what, you can do whatever you want for the rest of the day. You could work more, but that's the beautiful thing mm -hmm. about being productive. It's like you basically hit that quota and you have a choice. Mm -hmm. If you want to keep working, go for it. But if you want to go spend that time with your friends or with your girlfriend, then go for that as well. And that's a beautiful thing about when you become productive, you get a lot more time to do the things that you really want. Yeah, that's so, so counterintuitive when you think about it. You, you think that being productive, you don't have time, but actually it opens up a lot. And what's for me, what's sickening is that I've experienced it and yet I choose to go away from it. But you know, what's funny is in the in the intros uh, that I do, I always, you know, tell the listeners, I hope you get something out of this, you know, like you can apply to lie in life, yeah. but I can tell you something. I'm getting so much out of this, man. I'm already going to, I'm already going to enact the reminders and I'm going to get some get some quotes up here just to stare at because I think I need to dumb it down for myself um, and, and just yeah. stare at something that I need to get reminded of. And uh, if no one gets something out of this, I don't care because I just got a, a lot out of this session with you. <laughs> um, I'm, sure, I'm sure if you got something that people listening did, um, the there's one more thing that I'll kind of leave you with that relates a yeah, lot please. to construction work. And it's actually a term in physics. I don't remember it verbatim, but basically what it means is that the path with the least amount of branches produces the, the best result. It's the most efficient. So that's totally probably butchered it exactly, but that's the general gist of it. So for example, in construction work, we'd have, we'd have the main water supply and I did high pressure water systems like HVAC heating and air conditioning. And we'd have the main water supply come up to a floor and then it would branch out and go out to the units, depending on how many rooms there were, how big the floor was. So if there was a ton of room and there a bunch of different rooms and a really big floor and blueprint and foot footprint, excuse me, it's going to need to produce a lot more energy to go into it. But if you just had one unit, it would it wouldn't you wouldn't need as big of a of a branch line. It would could be a smaller branch line that could go straight to it. But if you did have a big branch line, it'd just be more energy going straight into that one unit. So that's why on the top floor and on the bottom floor, there's no branches, there's no different small units. It goes up to the heat exchanger. And the heat exchanger like down in the basement or up on the roof, there's two heat exchangers. Mm -hmm. uh, that is a one pipe thing straight from the main because the main comes out connects to the heat exchanger because it needs so much more energy. And that's what we'd have to do in construction work. So it's the same exact thing when it comes to your work and your business, you have an allotted amount of time with whatever it, and you can do that as an entrepreneur. Like I think as an entrepreneur, what's big is setting your own work hours. You say I clock in at this time, I clock out at this time because people become an entrepreneur. I was guilty of it where I say, oh, I'll just kind of get to work when I want to, you know, it's laid right. back. Like, no, treat it like a blue collar job. Treat it, treat it like a nine to five, you know, or a nine to two or nine to 12 or whatever it is that you want to do or six to 12, you know, but set those hours for yourself and be like, I'm working. And uh, a big thing is asking yourself better questions too. Cause like I could tell you stuff like, Oh, lock your phone in another room. You're like, Oh, but I got to do this. It's like, I don't know your whole story, situation or layout, right. but asking yourself like, okay, I'm getting distracted a lot. What could I do to stop getting distracted? And I've, I actually have a gift for whoever's listening. I'll give one to you as well, but it's the planner that we were talking about. So it's a performance and productivity planner. And I'm always updating it, learning more from people. Uh, right now, it's just it's just two simple pages, but I'm going to be adding more to it and kind of mm -hmm. fine tuning uh, it more. So who, it could end up being five pages. I don't know, but it's printable. So instead of going out and like buying a planner, you know, you can just print this one on demand. It's totally mm -hmm. free, except you have to pay for your printing paper, I guess. Uh, but if there's a morning plan where you're going to ask like five or six questions to kind of plan out for the day, like what's my number one most important task that I need to do today that's really going to move the needle. And then I asked you about 
okay, well, what are the distractions that can come up along the way? And actually, I have one right here. I can just kind of show you perfect, roughly yeah. what it looks like. So this is like, this is just okay. a printout, literally. And then it tells you how to use it. And mm-hmm. then here I wrote That's down it in my terrible handwriting. But yeah, morning plan, <laughs> ask you a bunch of questions, and then the evening review. And you oh, date it really so you useful, can keep man. a log. Yeah, and it just asks you questions. Like something I learned was a moment I appreciated today was um, a big win for me today was things I appreciate in my life. And just like those small things really, really help you. And in the morning, yeah, it's, it's coming up with like, what's something that could distract me today for you. It's like notifications mm-hmm. on my phone. And then how can you actually stop? Like, how can you prevent that? How would your best self prevent mm-hmm. that from happening? And you're like, Oh, he'd probably do this. So it gives you kind of a framework to notice in the day and gets that awareness going for the start of your day. So I'd be happy to give you one, whoever listens, I'll give you guys a link or I'll give it to you and you can put it in the description or however you do it. Um, but it's my gift to you guys. So you can print it out as much as you want. Really, it's just the last two pages that you can print over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, so yeah, that's my gift. That's awesome, man. And I'll include uh, your links in our show notes or whoever's listening in right now, check the show notes. I'll have the links uh, on there so you guys can get this. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna print it out. Uh, I need it. And I think you know if I had to pick out kind of a theme from uh, from our conversation here, it just seems like those visual cues and in this case, from your planner answering those questions or looking at something and saying no to this and that, actually seeing it, it just makes a big, big difference. And I hope whoever's listening in can understand that it can be undervalued very easily, but those simple um, visual cues can can go such a long way. And answering some of those simple questions can just make a complete 180 of your day. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Awesome. Well, James, listen, you, you've you been awesome, man. Uh, very much enjoy this. It's it awesome meeting you. Um, real quick before we uh, log off here, if people want to get in touch with you personally, maybe they're uh, going uh, crazy with their uh, procrastination as well. How can they get in touch with you? Oh, sorry about that. My a notification no went off. I thought I got them all. Setting a bad example now. No, um, the best way is just go go to my website. There's a, there's a link on the main, the front page where you can book a call with me. Uh, you can pick up the planner even on the website. Just go to jamesallencoaching.com and Allen is A-L-L-E-N. So jamesallencoaching.com. It'll pull you right up. Yeah, it's a super simple website. Basically, just pick up the planner and then uh, we'll just stay in touch and you can book a call through the website. I mean, that's the best way that I can really help you and start building a relationship with you and uh, getting you going down the right path of productivity. I hope you enjoyed that episode and I really, really appreciate your support. If you want to learn more, please visit leadershipev.com. If you want to get in touch with me, you can reach me at rdg at leadershipev.com. That's A-R-D-I-G at leadershipev.com. Thank you and see you soon.